The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemond Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Joining me like each and every week, my good friend, better known as George. I call him G-Man. And George, welcome back to the show, Outside the Huddle. Glad to be back, my mom. Glad to have you back, and a lot of stuff's going on this week, despite it's been a slow time of the year for sports, and uh, the ESPY's on tonight, so uh, we get a chance to check that out once the show is over within an hour. So, George, uh, how's your week going for you? I know it's been raining a lot here in Houston off and on, but how's, how's it going for you so far? It's going well. This rainy weather kind of gets you tired, but, hey, you got to suck, suck it up and uh, move through it, so... Just making it, making it, and ready to talk some sports. Yeah, you know, it's kind of hot and humid. We definitely need the rain here in Houston. Uh, we've been going without a lot of rain lately, so I'm glad to see that, and I'm glad to hear that you're having a good week. And if you want to join in the show as well with us, you can call in at one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Again, the call-in number is one eight 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 three four six nine one four four. All right, George. A lot of stuff took place last week. We'll go recap some things here locally that took place, and we'll kind of segue into some things this week. Starting last week, Houston finally got their big man, one of the biggest acquisitions in the franchise history, the Houston Rockets. It was able to sign, seal, and deliver. Uh, Seven-time All-Star, big man, center, uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard signed a four-year max contract worth $88 million for the Houston Rockets. And he had his press conference on Saturday, which I attended. Uh, unfortunately, my tape recorder is still not working, so i got to get that fixed where I can be able to add up some sound bites and stuff to the show, which bring a little bit more flavor and credibility to the table. But uh, I have that for us in, in football season, training camp, and football season rolling around. I just got to make my way and get that thing fixed. But, George, real quick, Dwight Howard is now a Houston Rocket. Uh, the Rockets did a great thing about bringing all the legends, the legends of the big man out before they introduced Dwight Howard to the fraternity. Uh, real quick, before we go into the Dwight Howard signing and, and, and press conference, kind of give me your thoughts on the legends of the big man and which one is your favorite and how the Rockets kind of rolled out the red carpet for Dwight Howard last Saturday. I think it's great when you look at uh, a list among the likes of Elvin Hayes, Yao Ming, Moses Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson, all great players, all players that were very sought after um, in their respective time period as 
professional basketball player. So definitely a good crop of talent for him to learn from. And they even have Hakeem Olajuwon, which is one of my favorites of the past um, in Houston history. Um, that They're trying to get to actually mentor and become a coach for Dwight Howard and Omer Oshik. So definitely one of those things that you look at and you're very excited to know that one of the best big men um, that played in his era is going to be tutoring or mentoring um, Dwight Howard. And it's exciting to see the legacy continue. Yeah, I mean, I like the fact that Olajuwon is able to be able to get back involved with the Houston Rockets. That's kind of keeping a low profile there. And you mentioned that he will be or he's looking to become one as a mentor for Omar and Dwight. Uh, you know, the Rockets didn't hold anything back. I was out there, and it was, man, it had to be uh, a couple thousand people out there. It just screamed. It was over 100 degrees. Everybody's excited about Dwight Howard being in town, being a Houston Rocket. Uh, I think uh, another thing that impressed me the most is the fact that normally when they have their press conference, depends on the player, uh, you know, they have it in certain locations. They moved Dwight Howard into the main gym on the main floor of the arena, and it was not, it was really nice above the Jumbotron, so I thought they did an excellent job by hosting that. And everybody was here, man. It was a national event. A lot of national media was here. A lot of local media was there. Uh, it was nobody. Uh, the environment was great. It was nobody really harping on, uh, you know, a lot of the negativity things, but it was more excited about the new future, and, and the Rockets was, was calling it the new age, a new age, which is uh, a new age and 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 the whole Rockets organization. So with a large one now possibly coming on as a mentor to uh, kind of coach up Dwight Howard and Omar, uh, what do you think about Kevin McHale? I mean, Kevin McHale is a guy that has proven himself within the ranks of the NBA, NBA champion. And, uh, you know, now that he has an opportunity to have another big man like he had back in Minnesota with Kevin Garnett, how do you see him enhancing Dwight Howard's uh, ability to be a, a dominant big man moving forward. I think it enhances it a lot. Kevin McHale was great at his position when he played in the league. He was one of the more dominant big men as well. So when you look at the crop of talent and you look at the people that Dwight Howard has around him, this is an ideal situation for him. And for people who said that Houston was not a big place, <clears throat> Shaquille O'Neal, um, I have news for you. A couple of thousand people came out, and they think a lot different. Um, the spotlight is definitely going to be on Howard, but I think that this actually this setting is the best setting for him because it makes him know that he can be elevated to his his best of his game. He gets to play in a system that he's comfortable in. He gets to play under coaches and mentors that he's excited about playing underneath. And the great part about that is, is when you're excited to go to your job day in and day out, you're going to perform at the best of your ability. If you don't like where you're at, you feel like the people who are surrounding you aren't the aren't, aren't your best friends and who, who pe- people who you don't want to be around, it really really me- makes you give a lackluster effort. So I think that we'll see Dwight Howard's, one of Dwight Howard's best seasons and, and a few more to go on on top of that. Well, we all hope that he's able to at least bring – that dominant presence that he had when he was in Orlando, and he was one of the best big men in the NBA. Uh, he's still fairly young, 27. He's able to have some more, have really hit his peak in his prime of his career. So I really believe that with uh, Elijah Wan helping him, as well as his coach on him every day, Kevin uh, McHale, 
the sky's the limit. And he has a great work ethic. It's not no doubt about it. It's not one of those things where um, you, you question if he's going to bring the intensity and the effort every night. Uh, now, he, he was suffering with a little nagging injuries, but I really believe that, uh, you know, Dwight Howard has a lot of upside left to him, and he's going to make the best out of the situation here in Houston. Definitely, definitely. And, and Dwight Howard's a guy that he feels like he's at home here. He feels like he's wanted here. And uh, anytime you feel that, I think you'll get the best out of your players. So I wish him the best. I wish the Rockets the best. And I, I really hope that we can see the dominance that we saw out of him in Orlando coming here to Houston. And um, if he can make that sort of impact, he can put his name right in there with Olajuwon um, as one of the best big men in, in Rockets history. All right, going from the you know the players on the floor and Dwight Howard and, and the big acquisition, someone had to make sure that deal got done. That was Daryl Morey, the general manager for the Houston Rockets. When you all sit and when you sit back and look at the legacy of Daryl Morey so far here in Houston and the moves that he's been making the last two and a half, three years, how would you evaluate his efforts? I think Daryl Morey's done a fabulous job. You know. I think that he got a lot of flack before the James Harden uh, trade sign trade deal that he he got done last um, last off season. He, he received a lot of flack here in Houston. I mean, you being a Houston media reporter, myself being in the Houston media as well, we know that Daryl Morey wasn't the most well liked GM in the in the city. And I think that after the James Harden move, he showed that he could land a star player. And this Dwight Howard move just puts him on that next level. Because now, back-to-back off-seasons, he's done something that the Rockets haven't gotten to do in probably the past 10 years, which is land a big free agent name. So I'm proud of the the job that Daryl Morey has done, and I think that he's done the best that he can do. And I think that if he can continue to acquire talent, um, the sky's the limit for this organization. Hey, he's a you know he's an Ivy League guy. He's a guy that's you know he's into. I mean his. He brings a different level of thinking to the table from a general manager standpoint. It's not like a former basketball player up the ranks and general manager. He's uh, he he evaluates the numbers and see how things works out, and he makes uh, strategic moves early on to be able to bring players in later on the back end. Um, I I have to agree with you. I think he's doing an excellent job as a general manager thus far. Um, he's making. Uh, reasonable moves that make sense and not overextending himself. Now, if you look at it, I guess if you had to say that Tracy McGrady uh, combination was not a good move, but I, I thought it was fair. Uh, McGrady, you know, had some issues, and, and Yao Ming had that uh, broken foot that he could never get over. So when it all said and done, the legacy is still ongoing for Del Morey. But I said right now he's definitely putting guys in place some young guys in place to have a, a future here in the next couple of years for the Houston Rockets. Yeah, and you don't normally see draft picks such as Chandler Parsons. I think he was drafted in the third round, pan out as well as they have. So you know that Darren Moore goes in there and he does his research. He makes sure that he gets the proper players on the team that are going to make the team a better team. So I'm excited to see that. I'm, I'm glad to see that we have um, here in Houston – uh, a, a big basketball team again. We have a team that's going to be nationwide uh, publicized, and it's going to be a great, a great um, look for the Houston Rockets organization. Good stuff there, and uh, it just seems like Daryl Morey is the new 
era of general managers. It seems like a lot of guys are, I mean, the Pat Rallies are getting up in age, and a lot of older guys are passing the baton down. And I think Daryl Moore is an excellent example of a general manager moving in the right direction. Now, uh, you know, in due time, you know, he would like to bring a championship here to Houston. Now, hopefully that will be next season. But, uh, you know, in due time, things will work out for him. He'll kind of kind of figure everything out, and it'll fall in place. Uh, now, I, I like the fact that he's bringing young talent in to compete. Uh, Jeremy Lin is starting to get pushed now from at the point guard position, and that's, and that's, that's great. He needs to be pushed at the point guard position. Uh, you know, you got Chandler Parson, you have Dwight Howard, you have James Harden. Those three guys are locked in. In you know in the starting five, so you got to have a a good point guard that can kind of general. I mean, just kind of run the show and get everybody in order, get everybody going on the right page, but at the same time can still penetrate the paint and score points. Definitely, and don't be surprised if you see Jeremy Lin um, be put behind Patrick Beverly. Um, he's Patrick Beverly's really shown that he's an aggressive point guard and that he can really do some things in this league. And, you know, if, if he can step his game up and Jeremy Lin continues to digress um, and isn't the Jeremy Lin that we've expected him to be, then uh, you can you can assure that there will be a battle at that point guard position. And I'm excited to see that because anytime two players are getting pushed, you're going to see a lot better play out of both players. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And it looks like it's time for us to take a break. George, let's go and break down. I think it's 14 after on my clock, so let's break down. When we come back, we'll go down south. We'll go to Alabama. Let's go and talk some college football, man. Go and jump right into it. Johnny Menzel and the whole SEC media day took place today. We'll kind of recap that and give our thoughts next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? 
have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. George, are you continuing still? George, are you continuing still? George, are you still on the line with me? Yes, sir. All right, just want to make sure to double-check. All right, George, first segment we talked about the NBA, Houston Rockets picking up the White Howard in the off-season free agent market. Now, let's go ahead and segue into the SEC media day. Day two of media day, and a lot of the coaches, I was able to address the media, but one player in particular, the 2012 Heisman Trophy winner Johnny Menzel was able to address the media about a lot of off-field issues he's been having this all season. Um, he was able to kind of predict the season and also just kind of go out there on the record and let everybody know that he'll be focused going into the season. Now, John, oh, Johnny, now George, Johnny said that that he overslept. You know, he overslept and he didn't hear his phone or something along those lines. Why he missed the Manning passing camp the annual camp that they have every year. He missed it as a counselor. He was able to, they told him that they didn't need his services anymore. So, uh, well, originally, what did you think about that when you heard about Manziel being asked to leave the Manning Passing Academy? And uh, I asked you the second question after that. I just think that it's it's one of those things. You're given an opportunity as a college athlete to come in and mentor these young guys and, you know, show them the ropes of being a quarterback and and when you're asked to do something like that by someone like Peyton Manning, you have to take the opportunity and run with it. If either one of us was given an opportunity with somebody in, in our respective profession to to dive into it a little bit deeper and to kind of help mentor someone, sort of the way that you're doing with me, you want to take that and run with it and, and do it to the fullest. So I think that Johnny Manziel at this point, needs to really start thinking as if he's in the NFL instead of thinking like a college student. I know it's a lot to ask because you still want to have fun. You're 20 years old and you want to have fun, but at the same time, you have to you have to grow up a little bit and know that you chose to be a quarterback for A&M, and because you're doing so well, you have to take the responsibility that comes along with that. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of responsibility, and the young man is taking some flack for it and talking about Johnny Manziel. However, you know, I mean, uh, half of me want to say he's 20, let him go. The other half is like, no, you got to take responsibility and you got to be a man for your actions. Now, it was reported that he was out and about some little bar or whatever. He sent out an Instagram picture or something like that. And 
and it was rumored to him that he had a hangover, so he missed it. But uh, I, I, here's the here's the you know the messed up part about the whole situation is that he falls underneath the category of a Heisman Trophy winner one and two. He's a quarterback, so everybody. First time you hear those two things, you think about Tim Tebow and then how he represented himself as a Heisman Trophy winner. And uh, he never heard about Tim Tebow hanging out or doing anything uh, along those lines. So it's a whole other, it's a whole different generation now compared to Tim Tebow when he first won it. I mean, you got a lot of social media outlets, platforms, and things along those lines. Seems like everybody has a camera phone nowadays. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, it's kind of hard to kind of unless you just hide underneath the rock and never come come out of your house or your apartment or your hotel. It's kind of hard not to be in the spotlight when you know that this young man is 20 years old and he's the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, man, how did I know Tim Tebow was going to get brought into this some way somehow? No, but it's it's okay. It's, it, the thing about it is, is the 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 comparison between Tebow and, and Manziel is that they've both chosen to go separate ways with their their fame. Um, Manziel wants to be the guy that everybody loves and that you know that can go out and party with everybody, and 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 Tim Tebow's decided to be the conservative type guy that you know everyone knows him for what he's done, you know with his life. So I think that they've both taken separate routes in their fame, but at the same time, they both need, need, I think Manziel needs to take a chapter out of Tebow's book and, and become more mature with his popularity and, you know, just kind of, kind of tone down on the 20 year old kind of things and start, start getting on your grown man stuff because not too long from now, you'll be in the league. And when you do become, you know, uh, an NFL quarterback, you definitely have to conduct yourself because then there's a big, big, guy named Roger Goodell who's going to come down on you pretty hard if he if he sees you doing anything that's out of line that's going to hurt his brand. Yeah, he, he needs to get it out of the system now while he's in college station and get all the partying and having fun out now because it's only going to get tougher from here. And he's projected to go into the next year draft anyway. So with that being said, he needs to mature a lot faster uh, from a perception-wise. But uh, we don't know what he's actually doing behind the scenes as far as being mature, but what's been reported is not good for his perception. Now, Donnie Menzel and the Texas A&M Aggies, going into year number two, season number two in the SEC, big board conference, and college football here kicks off soon. I can't wait. Um, so, um, you know, thinking about all the success that Texas A&M had last year as a new kid on the block, George and, and have an opportunity to bring that fun gun offense, spread offense, and debut Johnny Menzel. Uh, do you feel like, or well, what what is your prediction for them going into this season? I honestly think that they should have. Now, this is totally dependent upon Johnny Menzel coming back and doing what he did last year. Uh, when you look at somebody who can put up um, uh, three thousand seven hundred six passing yards and 1,410 rushing yards, um, that's a big chunk of your offense. Now, do I expect them to repeat those exact same numbers? No, of course not. They were the new kids on the block, and if I would have told you that A&M was going to be 11-2 and two in the be, becoming a member of the SEC last offseason, you would have told me I was crazy. Um, you have LSU in that and, and Alabama in, in that same 
um, division. So it's it's one of those things that you look at in, in the same conference, and it's one of those things you look at it and you say, wow, you know, they came in and they dominated in a way that no one thought that they would. So are people going to be more prepared for them this coming up here? Of course they are. So I don't see him having over 3,000 yards, almost 4,000 yards again this season. But I do see them being productive because Johnny Manziel is Johnny Manziel. He's going to make sure that he gets he gets his stuff done. Now that that being said, he has to get all this partying out of the system because you can't go out and party on this on a Friday and expect to be able to go out there Saturday and play and 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 be dominant. So, um, like I said, I, I expect them to do well, but I just don't expect them to do as well as they did last season. Okay. Well, I mean, I think the opposite. I think he's going when he's on that field. He's in, he's in this you know right frame of mind. He's at the, he's at home. He. He can run that team. I watched him quite well last year. He's the guy that can control the game by running and passing the ball. I just, you know, I think going into it, they're going. I, I definitely believe they're going to go 2-0 before they play Alabama at home. Uh, they play Rice first week, and they play Sam Houston State the second week. So they got two warm-up games to work out any kinks before uh, they move on and play Alabama at home. And You know what? If they get over... They beat my Alabama at home. Then I really feel, feel like they had a chance. They have a chance to win the national championship. Uh, not saying I mean Alabama is ranked number one for a reason, but what what I'm saying is that uh, you know last year there was an excellent road team. Uh, Texas A&M was excellent on the road, and I feel like they can duplicate that this year. But they have more home games. So and planning, you know, College Station is a tough place to play. Cal Fearless. One of the loudest stadiums in the SEC. So, uh, you know, only time will tell if, if Johnny can stay healthy, stay upright, show a little bit more poise and maturity in the pocket. I think he'll be okay as a quarterback developing. And if their key player, their defense is, is really what needs to step up, especially their linebackers. I think their linebackers need to step up this year. Uh, they lost a few players on the front end, on the defensive line. But, uh, you know, all in all, uh, they will go to a BCS bowl game. Now, I don't know which one, but they will go to one. Uh, but if they win over Alabama at home, look out. They might sneak into the national championship talk. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that they'll go to a bowl game. Um, but I definitely think that we have to be a little cautiously optimistic because you look at Johnny Manziel and he's Johnny football and, you know, you think about it, and, and he wasn't Johnny Football this time last season. He wasn't this huge name that was a household name. Um, you and I work on the sidelines um, during the Texans game, or you know, are down there during pregame. And there was one point where Johnny Manziel was on the sidelines, and people just swarmed to him. It was it was crazy to see. Uh, we had to get an officer over there to kind of, you know, calm people down, but. It's crazy how he has all this attention on him, and I just think that that does weigh on people sometimes. So I just think you have to be cautiously optimistic for that, and I hope that he can handle those pressures. But like I said, he didn't have those pressures this time last year. So you might see a different Manziel come out um, during the during the beginning of the season. Yeah, and, you know, he. I think he he. Rev, I mean, he likes that. He likes the attention. He he understands it and. He doesn't shy away from it, so I don't think uh, it's an issue for him as far as being a, you know, bringing a lot of attention to himself. I just think he needs to learn how to turn it on and turn it off, and he'll get that within time as he mature and grow as a, as a human being off the football field. 
he will learn how to uh, develop that mindset. Okay, I gotta put the football Johnny football hat on right now, but right now I gotta be Menzel and and the regular Johnny and 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 not get caught up in the hype. I think everything with him is always go go go. Sometimes you just gotta fall back and relax. Yeah, if he can learn to do that, I think we're we're just talking about you know another another four thousand yard season for him um, easily. So I think that at the end of the day, it all remains to be seen. But I'm definitely excited to watch uh, this A&M team go out there and and go into their second season being a part of this SEC, which is one of the toughest toughest if not the toughest. Um, conference in in the college football ranks so definitely excited to see that and I'm, I'm i'm ready for some football yeah no question one more thing we're less than two minutes before our second break out of sec west you have alabama you have lsu and you have texas a&m who you think will take it Ooh, that's a good one uh if if alabama doesn't take it i think a&m does but i definitely think that alabama's on top they're number one like you said for a reason so Alabama's a powerhouse. I think Alabama takes it in that in that uh in that division. All right, George, good stuff there and looks like it's time for us to take a break. About less than a minute before we time for us to take a break. So let's go ahead and squeeze in some more commercials and when we come back we'll kinda of go over some stuff in the NFL this week. Next one outside the huddle, Lemont Williams on the Voice of America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. 
or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. George, you still there with me? Yes, sir. All right, George, we're jumping into the NFL. This third segment, got to start with the Houston Texans. The Texans released their 2013 home game themes for this season. Uh, you know, kind of going over, looking over real quick, they got Miami, they called the Texans Care. Uh, New Orleans Saints is the state of football presented by Verizon. Uh, November, they got the Battle Red, which I really like the most, Battle Red uh, against the Colts on November the 3rd. Deep Steel Sunday presented by Hyundai. It's not a bad one. But in December, December 1st against the New England Patriots, it is called the Homecoming. So, George, <laughs> being in the fact that you work at Reliant Stadium and you know a lot about the Texans theme because you're there every home game, what are your thoughts about this homecoming theme? I think from a football standpoint, it's a huge mistake. But from a marketing standpoint, it's genius. Um, you look at all the national exposure the Texans have gotten, even though it's been not so good national exposure. You look at the uh, local exposure that they've gotten as well, and it's it's been pretty lopsided. A lot of people think that this is not a good idea. Basically, I'll give you guys a rundown of what happened. I'll, I'll start out from last year. The Texans go into New England last year toward the end of the season to play the Patriots. And they were – they. Connor Barwin has this phenomenal idea, or so he thought, for everyone to get Letterman jackets. So the Texans get all their Letterman jackets with their patches and everything just like a normal Letterman jacket is. Everybody that's played high school football or, or played some sort of sport in football or some sort of high school sport knows what a Letterman jacket is. So they get their Letterman jackets on. They go into Foxborough, and they get stomped. Now, had they not gotten stomped in Foxborough, I think that a lot of people would have maybe thought that the Letterman jackets were a good idea, a great momentum builder, good for team chemistry. But since they got stomped, they got a lot of criticism for it. Well, this year it turns around, and the marketing team up at Reliant decides that we're going to have um, a sponsored game uh, for, for every homecoming game. But the New England Patriots game didn't have a sponsor. And so they decided to call it the homecoming game. Now, former players are supposed to come down for this game and, you know, former Houston um, athletes, period, between whatever sport they played um, that, are, that are famous are supposed to be coming down to this game as well. Well, it just happens to be that it's against the Patriots again. So uh, this high school mentality comes to mind when you look at the Texans versus the New England Patriots. And I think that a lot of the national criticism comes based from the Letterman Jacket scandal that happened last year. So I don't think it's such a bad idea for the homecoming um, game as far as from a marketing standpoint because now, look, you can sell boutonnieres, you can sell moms, everybody can come with their homecoming dates, and it'll be you know, a grand old time. Everybody can you know, have a good time at, the, at, the, at Reliance Stadium. But at the same, at the same token, Last year, D'Angelo Williams and the and the um, Carolina Panthers had a game against the Washington Redskins in which it was called a homecoming game. And the Carolina Panthers went on record as saying that the reason why they stopped them so bad that game was because it was the homecoming game. And normally, the game on your schedule that's your homecoming game is the team that you know you can beat. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of scrutiny going around. I, I guess I'll just get your opinion on it. I know I went on for a while there, but I kind of wanted to give – 
our fans the the full aspect of the story of what's going on here. Well, you know, for the most part, I mean, I think it's all talk, you know. I mean, guys find a way to kind of get other guys going and, and use it for for their own leverage. And I was actually, as you was talking there and breaking down uh, the whole um, letter jacket, uh, Letterman jacket thing, I was actually didn't dawn on me that Brian Cushion has been clear. Uh, I normally keep up what's going on with the Texans, but it didn't dawn on me. Uh, to just now listen to what you're saying about Brian Cushing being clear. Not trying to switch the subject from the schedule, but I think this is real important for the Houston Texans defense going into training camp and the season, having their one of the aggressive, most aggressive players that linebacker position back going into the training camp is Brian Cushing. So I don't know if you had a chance to hear about this or know about him being cleared by Dr. Uh, James Andrews for the uh, the Texans training camp, but uh, it'd be glad that you'd be glad to see uh, Brian Cushing back out there on the field, huh? Oh yeah, I'm excited about that. He's worked really hard throughout this off season, and if you guys don't know who Dr. James Andrews is, he's actually the doctor that uh, operated on uh, Robert Griffin III's knee as well. So definitely a, a reputable doctor, and he's one of the guys that that works on a lot of NFL players. So we're glad to see Brian back. We're glad to see him. Um, suiting up and being ready for training camp, and I'm sure he's happy as well. He's been working really hard towards getting back, and um, I, I can guarantee you guys he'll be back at tip-top shape uh, come come August 9th in the in the first preseason game. Oh yeah, he's definitely need to be back. I mean, he's a guy that's so so physical at the point of attack. He's a leader for that defense. He need they need this aggressive play each day in the day out for the Houston Texans and. I think having Brian Cushing back at the linebacker position, especially in the middle, making calls and making plays, will bring some excitement back to that defense. Definitely. And and you look at Brian Cushing's injury. It happened early in the season last year, and this Texans defense didn't lose too much of a step. So if you can imagine what it will be like when he's back on the field, this Texans defense could be dang near unstoppable. So I'm excited to see that and, and to see how far that goes with Brian Cushing and J.J. Watt, two of the most dominant um, players at their respective positions in the game, um, being on the same field, on the same team. You're going to see a lot of a lot of interceptions, a lot of sacks, a lot of deflected passes, and, and you're going to see a lot of aggression. So I'm glad to see that, and it's going to be real fun to watch that. Yeah, having him down there at the linebacker position, Brian Cushing, and having uh, – Jonathan Joseph and Daniel Manning, and hopefully Ed Reed. You think Ed Reed will be cleared and be ready for training camp starting next week for the Texans? No, sir. I don't think he's going to be cleared at all. I think he'll probably even miss week one of the regular season. I'm not even talking about the preseason game. I'm talking about regular season. So I'm thinking he'll be back maybe by week three. Um, not just not because of the injury. He's not cleared, but I think that the Texans as an organization want to see him at 100% and want to make sure that he's able to perform like the Ed Reed that they saw in Baltimore um, all those years. So I don't think that they want to bring him back too early. Well, you know, Ed Reed, when they go up to play the ball, his former team, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they will honor and get and put Ray Lewis in the a ring of Hall of uh, Ring of, what is it, the Ring of Fame? Uh, I can't think yeah, of the top of my hand. 
it's kind of like the Hall of Fame for the Baltimore Ravens. It's uh, Ring of Honor. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah there you go. The Ring of Honor for the Baltimore Ravens uh, against uh, the Houston Texans. So, uh, you know, just just thinking about Ray Lewis and what he brings to the table or what he did bring to the table for the Baltimore Ravens, you got to believe he's going to be excited and pumped up, especially seeing his former teammate and his, and his running mate, uh, Ed Reed, on the opposite sideline. Yeah, definitely. And, and Ray Lewis is, is one of those guys who – He's always a motivational uh, football player, and he always tried to make sure that his team was hyped for the, each each of these moments. I guarantee you when he goes into that stadium, he won't be suited up, but he'll definitely be in the minds of each one of those uh, players on that sideline, and they're going to try to win that game for Ray Lewis. So you can see a hard-hitting game that, that game, and it's going to be exciting to watch that one. All right, some other things going on in the NFL right now this week. Uh, we talked about the Texans. Uh, let's mention here the Eagles. The Eagles right now. I saw this morning uh, Deshaun Jackson was on uh, ESPN talking, and he was saying that you know 2012 was a wake up call or a reality check for the for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Knowing what you know and seeing what you saw out of the Philadelphia Eagles last year, and with the new coach uh, Chip Kelly, should we expect the same outcome this year or? Or do you think that philosophy of fun gun offense, hurry up, hurry up, will work for Chip Kelly like it did at Oregon in the NFL? I think that the transition from college to NFL is always hard to make. But when you have similar players on your NFL team as you had on your college team, I think you can really shake the league up. You look at what Chip Kelly has coming into the National Football League, he has a, a great scrambling quarterback in Michael Vick if they can keep him upright. Uh, and the same goes with Deshaun Jackson, a very powerful weapon, um, a burner on the outside. So you look at that combination, and you t- and LaShawn McCoy, a running back, how can you forget that? Uh, you, you look at those that, that combination of players and that that style that, that Chip Kelly did bring into into Oregon and he's going to bring it here into uh into into uh Philadelphia, sorry. Um th- it's definitely going to transition well and I think that he's going to be one of the very few college coaches that can come in and still run the same type of offense without really seeing too much of a transitional um lapse. Okay, what do you feel like uh, do you feel like Michael Vick will have a better outcome or he will flourish in this new offense? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that Chip Kelly's offense is made for scrambling quarterbacks. So you look at Michael Vick and, and the offense that he'll be running there, um, they're going to have a lot of movement on the offensive line, um, something that the defensive linemen are going to have to adjust to, uh, Where whereas it was pretty much stationary blocks, you know, just your traditional pass blocking. Um, they'll probably have a few more stunts in there. Um, this coming up season, and it'll help out with uh, Michael Vick because if you looked at it, he was on his butt before he even got the ball pretty much. So if you can keep him upright, I think the Eagles are definitely a, a team that you need to look out for. All right, there. So you think Michael Vick will improve going into this season? Uh, uh, I think he has one or two more seasons left in him. He needs to step up this year and a roll over to the following season. Uh, overall, in a, in a NFC East is a tough division. You got the Giants, you got the you got the Redskins, and you got the Cowboys. Where you feel where you feel like the Philadelphia Eagles will fall in that in that 
division this season? I think the Philadelphia Eagles fall. I mean, it's it's tough to say because all the teams are all the teams are on the come up. I mean, maybe second place, um, mm. second place or third place. Um, I think the Cowboys will will finish last, and that's just the way I feel. I don't I don't know. It's the Cowboys. They they don't they don't have a good enough quarterback to me um, with the talent around the quarterback. To, to make the quarterback better. So I think that Dallas finishes last. I think that the Eagles are maybe third or second. Um, and it's honestly a toss-up between the other two to me. Mm-hmm. So you think so, – so repeat that one more time. You say you think the Cowboys coming in first? No, the Cowboys probably be last it's to me in my opinion. Who you got winning the division? Oh, the Giants. I mean, they're they're the better team in my eyes, and I think that the the like I said, the Philadelphia will be third, and uh, the Cowboys will be last. So you got and you have the Redskins at number two. So RG three is going to recover from his his knee injury, and he's going to come back back as a married man and and dominate. I think once you become married, you, you're pretty happy in that first year, so you have to come back and dominate. So I think he'll be I think he'll be better. Um, I think that he'll he'll do well enough to get his team in the second place, and I think that Eli takes his team to first, and uh, and Vic takes his team to third. But uh, RG three is definitely going to have uh, have another good season, and he can't do anything but get better. Um, the guy's a young guy, and he's gonna he's gonna be on the come up for a while. Yeah, he will see. Uh, RG is a tough player. He's a, you know he's ahead of schedule of his rehab, so he should come back. Explosive. I mean, he's a very explosive player, and see how he's getting everything going for us in his office again. I think he'd be okay. Uh, let me see you, man. I think it's time for us to break, man. Let me see you. 746. I think it's time for us to break. Let's go ahead and break, George, when we come back. We'll talk a little ML, uh, Major League Baseball All Star game yesterday. We can't forget about them. Then we'll just wrap up the show. Next, on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave Mont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you're looking for a radio show about boxing, you usually can't find one until you stop by the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to Outside the Ring with former world lightweight champion and U.S. Olympian David Diaz. We'll deliver the knockout punches with our guests as we go inside the minds of today's top fighters. We'll throw in discussion of other sports as well from time to time. Outside the Ring with David Diaz airs every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time noon pacific on the voice america sports channel tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond listen for the comeback radio show with tony farmer a lot of people believe what they read on the internet hear and see in the media and on the news we're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype 
It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Lemont Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. Entering the last segment of the show, and I still have my boy George G-Man on the line with me. So, George, thank you for hanging through the show with me uh, for this week. No problem, man. All right, MLS. MLS. M- <laughs> Major League <laughs> Baseball. I'm talking about Major League Soccer. Major League Baseball had their all-star game last night. Mario Mariana Rivera. I always mess that name up. Uh, they honored him yesterday, George. In the eighth inning, they did a great job by paying homage to him as he's set to retire this year. Uh, to be honest, George, I really fell asleep on the game. The game was kind of dull throughout the <laughs> I'm just be honest with you, man. I fell asleep right about the third inning, going to the fourth inning when, he, when AL got their first run, and they ended up winning 3-0, to zero, so... Talk about the how Major League Baseball paid tribute to Mariana, and uh, also talk about uh, if you had a chance to watch the game. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, you fell asleep at a good time because obviously, I mean, you said the the, the runs were already scored, so wasn't really too much to go after that. But um, I didn't get a chance to catch the game, but I did get to see some clips from it, and I think that it's amazing the way that the MLB was able to honor Mariano Rivera. After having such a, a a great run as a as a closer in the in the MLB, I think that he's one of the greats um, in the league. And I actually got to watch a, a documentary on him not too long ago, um, and it just showed how he went back to his hometown. And he actually wasn't going to play this final season. Um, he told his wife, you know, he was going to hang it up and and be home with the family, and you know. Uh, something happened in his family, and he, you know, he said, you know, let me just play one more year. So he's out here and plays this final year of his career, and um, finishes out this final contract. And I'm proud of the way that he's done it and how he's come from. Did we lose George? Oh, okay. I thought yeah. I lost you. Go ahead. Uh, uh, definitely proud of what he's done and uh, and accomplishing what he's accomplished. He started, you know, basically from the bottom. And now he's he's you know at the top of his game and and going to retire in his prime. So I'm, I'm proud of him as a closer. He's done a great job, um, great job in the Major League Baseball. Yeah, he's an outstanding player, future Hall of Famer, uh, respectable player through the league, excellent closer. Uh, you know, he definitely will be um, you know mentioned for the next years to come. Uh, ML, I mean MLB always do, uh, does a great job each and every year. Honoring players, they do a great job honoring Jackie Robertson. You know, 
Hank Aaron is always hanging out, and they pay tribute to him throughout his career. So you know, it was it was only right to do it in New York City, Seco was a, a Seco Field uh, Stadium, the Mets Stadium. So uh, great job by MLB. Again, I really fell asleep on the, on the game, man. I was tired. I was working out <laughs> early today. I was tired. And I fell asleep on the game. But anyway, uh, AL one over NL three to zero and. Since we talk about the Yankees, Gordon, we can't mention the Yankees without mentioning A-Rod. A-Rod seems like he's always in the news about something, uh, some supplement or doping or something like that. Uh, but it seems like A-Rod will complete his major minor league rehab uh, this weekend and join the New York Yankees uh, in Texas early next week. So with that being said, how much does the, the Yankees need A-Rod present and his performance on the team uh, moving in the second half of the season, George? I think A-Rod is a big key to the organization. You spoke about how the MLB does such a great job of honoring players. Well, they don't do such a great job of is monitoring those players' doping. Um, I mean, they, they've had a big problem and a big issue with players not coming forward and saying that they were, that they were doping, but um, and not even being tested positive for doping, but other other um, outlets come out and report that these players have doped at, at certain agencies and things like that, and, and it comes to light. I mean, A-Rod, he's a good player, um, but I think it just tarnishes his reputation as far as this whole doping scandal, uh, along with the other players who, who have been mentioned in this as well. It's sad to see, you know, you, you always want the MLB to be this pure league and um, it's just come to a point where these guys are, are always doping up and it's pretty much, if not doping, they're not winning. So uh, it's it's sad to see, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, those, those are have to be caught. Yeah, it is very sad to see. Uh, A-Rod's a guy that, he's a lightning rod for a lot of controversy, but he, you know, he, he strikes me as that he never, it never bothers him on the field. I would like to see him continue to dominate and, and and get to the World Series this season. But having him back in his presence around his players, teammates, is always a good uh, you know good thing for him. And kind of hopefully they can get the Yankees back being being the dominant Yankee team that we know them to be and and from teams of the past. Yeah, he may not get his opportunity to do that if uh, Bud Sealy gets his way. I think that he's really wanting to come down hard on these players who have been doping. And, um, it looks like the second half of the season, but she would say within the next two weeks, um, it could be they're coming down with these suspensions. They're going to start these suspensions for these players who are doping. And A-Rod was on the list of those players, and he's looking to try to hand down 100-game suspension for a lot of these guys, which could be the end of A-Rod's career. Um, so it, it's really sad to see but but at the same time, they've got to show these players that they can't continue to dope and be a part of the league. Ryan Braun is another one uh, who's mentioned on that as well. So just one of those things. Uh, I hope that the people who are cheating are, are caught, and I hope that they're, they're, uh, it's handled in a way that makes people not want to cheat anymore. Yeah, I was going to ask you that before we wrap up the show. Give me your overall thoughts of the state of doping in, in baseball um, right now. Well, Sealy seems to think that it's not such a bad 
thing and that, you know, he's coming out as saying that the MLB is one of the best in their drug testing policies, which I don't think is true. You look at uh, Barry Bond. He was never caught by the MLB. He was reported by a third party. Alex Rodriguez, Ryan Braun. They're coming up now. Um, Roger Clemens, the same thing. All of these guys were reported by third party, um, third parties saying that they were doping, and the MLB didn't even catch it. So they obviously can't do that way. So um, as we wrap up the show, I just have to say that you know MLB they have to do a better job at uh, testing these guys and getting them off of the field. They're not doing the right thing. All right, George, great show like always, and I want to thank everyone out there for tuning in and listening to the show as well. Until we meet again next week, be blessed. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.